Kyle, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, buddy. And yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. It's been the first podcast that I've like talked to someone in a good while. So I've always got that fear. The fear is back of we do all this and it doesn't record. So that's in my head right now. It's making me really anxious. But I've done a test before you came on and it's fine. So we will be fine. So yeah, what's been happening recently, my man? Well, uh, just a lot of work, mate. A lot of work. Um, but grateful for it. You know, day job's crazy busy. Uh, Be Defiant's really busy. You guys keeping me on my toes. Um, yeah. And apart from that, obviously, we can't do much because of lockdown. Can't go anywhere as such. So just a case of, you know, nice, long, local walks with the dogs, making sure I'm getting outside each day and away from the, the laptop that I seem to be chained to at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So when you say a lot of work on, is that mix of both business and day job or is it mainly day job is it or is everything just full on um it's a mixture of both at the minute so yeah both are really busy i'm a by trade i'm a software developer and business process consultant um so at the minute we've got a lot of customers that are going through all the brexit changes uh, i won't i won't bore you with the details of it but we're dealing with all of that for these businesses um because a lot of them are import export industry and then yeah be defiant it's uh it's just, you know, looking for the next step, the next way to create conversation, the next way to create awareness, how we can reach more people, make sure that, you know, we're supporting our athletes, our champions, our advocates. Um, but the biggest, the biggest part of all of that is making sure that we're staying true to our values and our message. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, we'll we'll discuss the the whole lockdown situation at some point, but I want uh, instead of starting off like that, I want to start off with be defiant because that's how we've obviously came to be doing this podcast. You know, that's your it's your business, and uh, I'm part of it. Um, hence why we're both sitting here with lovely be defiant hoodies on. It's just a shame there's not a video, so people can't see it. But you know, um, so let's just start off by you telling us what what be defiant is. So um, Be Defiant is a sports clothing brand. Um, I, I dislike calling it a sports clothing brand because to me it's much more than that. Um, it's, it's a family, a community of people that are standing against the stigma that surrounds mental health. Um, and we mainly sell sports clothing. So the idea there is that the sports clothing allows us then to use those funds to be put into talking more about social, uh, talking more on social media, sorry, about mental health, um, pushing those boundaries. It, it gives us the time and the resources to be able to have conversations with people that they wouldn't necessarily have with friends and family. Uh, because, we're, because we're not someone in their life, someone personal to them, it's a lot easier for these people to reach out to us and open up. Um, and we're not we're not at the point yet where we can offer any kind of professional advice but we can be there as, as someone for them to contact and talk to and then obviously if these people need professional help we can obviously guide them to the right place for sure i think i was i was on a podcast myself a couple of weeks ago and we we were talking about you know he was asking me about my job and stuff and i'm like although i'm not uh you know qualified as a counselor sometimes people just having that outlet to come in and get stuff off their chest to someone that they don't know personally or they don't know that well um you know it's just what they need um just to talk uh, and it's not to their 
best pal or not to their mum or dad or whatever that they've maybe they don't feel comfortable saying certain things to or whatever. Um, so, so yeah, you're definitely right in saying that how an important thing that can be. So what made you start this whole venture? So um, maybe when I was 18, 19, I, I went through my own issues with mental health. Um, I went to some, some quite dark places um, and ended up at, at the at the extremely lowest point of my life. Um, I ended up making an attempt on my own life. It wasn't an intentional attempt. Um, it was fueled by alcohol. Um, and I ended up taking an entire box of codeine um, for what I thought at the time was a headache. And it turned out later on to be more of a more of a breakdown that I was having through work-related stress um, amongst other things, but personal things that were happening, the family was sort of breaking up. And I think a lot of, a lot of misconception around mental illness is that um, it takes one big event for something like that to happen. And the truth was this was many, many small things um, that had been laid on top of each other that had almost become too heavy and eventually they broke the ice. So, I went through all of that and, and they were my struggles when I was younger. Um, Where age are you now? I am... Um, Sorry for asking. <laughs> it's okay. I'm 29. Okay, okay. 30, 30 in two months. So that was over 10 years ago? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. Thanks for that, Scott. Yes, for, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> I'm older than you, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was... So that, that was the sort of the um, experience I had with, with mental illness and with the struggle I had with my own mental health. Then later on in life, maybe about um, 23, something like that, 24, maybe I found CrossFit. Uh, and when I found CrossFit, I found a community that, that is within CrossFit. I uh, got talking to a few guys and girls, found that they were using CrossFit to help them with their, with their own mental health, you know, to stay mentally healthy, yep. uh, to have that that period of the day where they can go to the gym, they can shut off from work, they can turn their phone off, you know, all that white noise of life sort of halts. And um, for the, you know, those, those maybe 30, 40 minutes that you're here at the gym, maybe an hour. Um, and I thought that actually it would be a great place to start talking to people about this, spreading a bit of awareness. And what better way to start than, and to get awareness than, you know, big branding on t-shirts and, and hoodies. Um, especially if the focus around the clothing wasn't to make a fortune. You know, if it was affordable stuff that was high quality and the sole really meaning for it was to create a conversation, um, why not? So that's, that's basically where it started. It was very much a, and it is still very much a passion. It's not, it's not a job. It's not, it's not something I do. And I think, Oh God, I've got to, you know, do seven hours on that today or whatever. It's a case of, I genuinely love doing it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was like the beginnings of it. And then as we started to talk to more people, I got further into CrossFit and was talking to more of the community about CrossFit. It, it was quickly realized that actually this is quite a big thing. Um, and there's a lot of people out there we can talk to and we need to keep banging this drum. And that's the, that's the avenue that we've taken. You know, the, the focus is mental health. It's not, the clothing as such obviously we spend a lot of time testing the clothing to make sure it's good quality but if you look on our social media there's no adverts on there yeah for clothing you know we want to talk about mental health it's what we're there to do 
that's great. That's, that's so awesome because I don't really think there's that much of that out there. I think, um, you know, I had been asked numerous times to be a brand ambassador and, you know, all this stuff for, you know, numerous uh, gym clothing uh, companies in, in the UK. But if I ever went, went on their page and looked at what they were or what they stood for, or what they were offering, it was just, you know, people uh, punting gym clothes with um, these kind of aesthetic bodies that was at the forefront uh, to try and just sell them clothes, basically. So when, uh, obviously, I met you guys and uh, got asked to come on board, that's that was like um, the first time I'd actually felt that there was something different going on there and something that I could really, that I really wanted to be a part of. Um, so, yeah, I think that's class, what you started building and what you're continuing to build because it can't be easy if you're working full time and you've got a family yeah uh, i've got a partner but i've not got any family yet no we've got, unless you count two dogs um that is definitely family man yeah so we've got, <laughs> we've got a, a five-year-old six-year-old this year actually german shepherd and a 20-week-old sprocker spaniel who is absolutely bats um but he's the is the most fun i've ever had he's absolutely mental yeah so i think that shows that you know, the fact that you're continuing to grow things while running a job and, you know, have a partner and have, let's just call them kids because that's what they are really, and they're children, our children <laughs> um, is, uh, is great because I know how hard it is to find the time for these things. And if you don't have the passion or really want to do these things when you have all that other stuff going on, it's never going to, it's never going to work. So um, how do you find balance in it all? And um, has there been times when you were, you know, ready to chuck in the towel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, loads of times that I sat there and thought to myself, is it, am I doing this right? You know, I, I doubt myself almost daily, you know. Um, as easy as or as simple as sending out an email to any of the advocates, the athletes, the, the discount codes that I've just sent you guys, I probably read through that email six, seven times before I sent it. Um most of it was hyperlinks. Like there wasn't a lot in there that I had to write, but that self-doubt is there all the time. I think, especially when you're running your own business, because you've got no one to turn to, the book stops with you. Um, there are conversations that you have to have that in a day job, you don't have to have because your manager can have them. Yeah. And if you are a manager, you know, your director can have them. Um, so yeah, th there's been times that we've definitely wanted, I say we, because my dad's involved as well. Um, we wanted to throw the towel in the first ever shipment of hoodies that we had arrive. So the first ever lot of stock we bought, we wanted to throw the towel in. We'd been at, we'd been maybe on Instagram for a few months, a couple of months, something like that. We ordered naively went straight to China. We're like, right. Okay. Let's get a shipment of a hundred hoodies. We went standard black hoodies with nice big logo print on the front. Uh, the sample came through. It was great. Really happy with it. Uh, the two months went past 200 hoodies turned up. And the logos on the front of them, were all, they'd all bled. They'd all got like fuzzy edges on them. They weren't crisp. They weren't clean. Um, and the initial thought was, damn, that's, that's all that investment money, that, that startup just down the pan. Um, and it was at that point that 
we decided to do to make sure that we were doing everything that we did differently. So the first thing we did is we put 20 hoodies to one side and I said, right, okay, these, these hoodies are, you know, they're not great, but let's be completely honest with everyone about them. Let's put 20 to one side and let's pick 20 people that we don't know on Instagram that we'll go through. We'll look at their profile. We'll see what sort of journey they've been on, you know, and we're looking for people who, who have defied the norm, who have dug their heels in and kept true to what they believe in and post real content. Um, and are doing what they, they're doing for themselves, but supporting people around them at the same time. It's not all just for followers and, and popularity, which unfortunately Instagram seems to very much be at the minute. Um, and we messaged these people individually. We were like, hey, look, we love what you're doing. Um, you know, we really, really resonate with it. We're a new startup brand. We've had our first shipment in. They're not the quality that we want them to be. However, we'd like to offer you a free hoodie as a bit of a superhero, okay? Because although people may not, you may not think people are noticing what you're doing, we've noticed it. We don't know you and we want you to carry on doing what you're doing because we think it's great. Um, and that was, like, that was like the first time we reached out and decided to do things a little bit differently. We then listed the hoodies differently on the website as to what other people would have listed them as, I guess. We'd listed them as shunned. Um, and we made it very clear in the product description that they were not the quality that we were happy with. And that's why we sold them out at cost. So that, that first shipment of hoodies went out the door for as much as it cost us to land them. Yeah. Um, and it was like, we, we weren't happy with them. They weren't a hundred percent. So I don't make any money on that. It's not, that's not how we want to be. And it's something that we're adopting going forwards. Again, we're reaching back into those roots. And if we're, when we put out new product, there'll be an honest blog post that goes with it to tell you, why we're releasing certain product, why we made certain decisions that we made, what kind of testing it's been through, where other products of ours don't hit the mark and how that compares to this product. Um, so yeah, honesty is key there. So I think, um, yeah, in terms of like wanting to chuck the towel in, it, it happens frequently, but we've got a following of nearly 6,000 people now and we're reached out to constantly on social media. like. It's not about us. It, yeah. it, it never has been, but it's now really obviously not about us. There are people that, that use Be Defiant in a way that helps them. Um, and that's all I ever wanted for it. So even when I'm doubting myself, it's working. Yeah. For, in terms of sure. balance, going back to your question, I have none, mate. Um, you can ask Karen, you can ask Andy, you can ask anyone that works with me in, in terms of behind the scenes at Be Defiant. I think the last three weeks I've worked 6am till 1am, Monday to Friday. Um, my weekends are like, I'll take a couple of hours to walk the dogs, do bits and pieces. But again, my alarm probably goes off. I give myself a line on the weekends, I get up at seven. Um, but then it, it'll be, it'll be work until I go to bed, which will be maybe midnight again, maybe 11 if I'm, if I'm giving myself a line. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not work when it's a passion, when it's something that you love. It doesn't mean that I'm not tired. It doesn't mean that I don't get stressed, you know, all that sort of stuff comes along yeah. with it. But it's, it's a labor of love for sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it must be, I can only imagine the amount of work that, you know, has to go into making new products, designing new products, getting them tested, getting them made, or, you know, it must be, it must be an insane amount of, amount of work. So, 
fair play to you for <laughs> sticking in at that, man. Um, do you feel that that's like sustainable for you going forward? Are you going to have to try and find like more staff or like a you know a way of making your life a bit easier? Because <laughs> that sounds a bit a bit full on to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of um, like staff and help. I can't say, and I would never say I do it all on my own because I don't. So I've got Karen that takes a care of a huge chunk of work for me. Um, Karen looks after all the athletes, advocates, champions, and then basically just mucks in wherever else I need a hand. Um, you know, Karen's been with us for a long time now and is fantastic in that respect. What year did this all start? Uh, we started in October 2018. Okay, cool. We're, we're a couple of years in now, which is amazing, really, because that time's flown. Um, we've recently had Andy come on board. So Andy at the minute is dedicated to new product development. Um, Andy is putting it through its paces, especially the new stuff that we've got coming in. So a bit of a spoiler for you. We've got men's shorts, uh, ladies' leggings, ladies' sports bras on the way. What about um, men's maybe, leggings? Uh, well, you know, I like my booty pictures on Instagram. I know you do. Yeah, I've seen the <laughs> recent poses. I, I was worried you were going to go to Gymshark. Ah, uh, no, I wouldn't do that, mate. I've never bought a Jim Shark item in my life, man. <laughs> Some of those seamless men's leggings. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I think um, Jim Shark is kind of, I don't, you know, I guess it's relevant to talk about it because we just discussed of why you're doing this. And, and I'm, not, I'm not, I'm sure Jim Shark do amazing things, really, like the profits that they get now and stuff like that. But I remember when I was like getting into everything. And I just felt like every single athlete that was promoting all the products were just so perfect and like on like I don't know, man. I just thought I just looked at it and went, these guys are like it's unrealistic goals to try because everybody put everybody reposted gym sharp models with like goals and like body goals and blah 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 blah. And I'm like this is just like unrealistic expectations for people to be looking like this. And um, I don't know, it just kind of, I just thought it was a bit too much and just kind of drove me away from that. I've, I think that's why I've just never bought anything from there in my life. I don't know if that even makes sense, but um, I just... Yeah, I understand that. We're, like, something that we constantly, constantly are trying to work on is inclusivity. Is like whenever we sit down and talk about anything, it's like, are we excluding any type of person here? Because yeah. if we are, we need to do better to make sure that we're including them. Yeah. Um, so that's been a big focus, like just the whole way through. Uh, but yeah, it's, and I know what you mean. Um, it was interesting. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Um, and I can't remember who brought it up, but there was a bit of a, a bit of a, a ruckus on, on social media about how, a brand had used um, larger size female models in some of their in some of their product shoots or something. Um, I didn't look into it too much. It was just mentioned to me. But then apparently on the male side of the modeling, they were all still 4% body fat, lean and ripped. Um, and people then talk about, you know, how come men don't come forward about eating disorders and body dysmorphia and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's great what what would like what the industry is slowly moving toward. Where did uh, what about the, the name? Like, how did you come up with that? 
Um, it was we we wanted always wanted a statement. It wanted, we wanted the the brand name to be a statement piece because it wanted to, or the, the job of it was to create conversation. Um, and it and we were talking myself and my dad when we first started it up about what type of person you'd need to be to not give in to your demons, the type of person that you need to be to not give in when a workout gets hard, um, because a lot of this was based around sport and, and fitness and CrossFit particularly. Um, and I, I think it was actually a quote that I'd seen online that, that was something along the lines of, you know, when it gets tough, don't chuck in the towel, um, you know, remain defiant in the face of adversity. And those words sort of rang true and it was a bit like okay that's I, I like the term defiant the thing that interested me most about it was that it was used as a, a very negative term you know if someone's defiant you don't think of them as being defiant for the right reasons you think yeah. of them as, as being ill-behaved I guess um which again linked to mental illness and mental health in a way because people only focus on the bad you know, the, the terms are, are usually quite negative terms. And uh, it was one of those where let's let's try and take that and let's make it something positive. Let's look for the positive in it and let's use it in a positive way. I remember even when we were making posts, maybe a year into being up and running, um, people were still disputing on, on some comments on the posts on Facebook that when you're, when we use it as the statement of be defined, they were saying, oh, it's the wrong, it's the wrong term, it's the wrong word. It doesn't mean what you think it means. And it was a case of no, you're just looking at it in that negative aspect. It it can mean pretty much anything we want it to mean. Yeah. In in the right context. So it's it's all perspective. And when I when I saw the term be defiant and we stuck the full stop on the end, for me that was a that was a positive phrase and it was something that I could get behind and I thought well for me that works you know it's something that I can repeat in my head when I'm nine minutes into that 12 minute AMRAP and it sucks every time I want to put my hands on my knees and, and give up or you know when you're at three and a half k into a 5k run and it's hurting and you want to stop for a breather you, know, you can tell yourself that and you can stick with it but more importantly when you're having those days where you don't want to get out of bed you know when the world seems a bit darker you can tell yourself to be defiant. You can get up and not give in to those demons on that day. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've never ever looked at it as of apart of anything apart from being like positive and like um, you know uplifting. Um, so, but I guess I kind of see the other side of it if you look into it that way. But again, it's as you say, it's how you perceive it and how you how you look at it. But yeah, I think it's a great name, and I think it's very appropriate to what the last year of life has been like because uh, in my head it's that's the way I, when I've like looked at a t-shirt that I've, I've been wearing or the hoodie or whatever and how hard life has been and I'm just like it's very appropriate that we all we do need to be defiant right now um, and keep trying to push forward instead of crumbling under all the stresses and um, hardships that we're all faced you know Definitely so. But can I just jump back? So you were talk. You asked me um, about help and like sort of staffing and, and how with yeah, yeah. business. Um, like I've got to give my dad a mention because he handles all of the the operations in terms of like stock printing, dispatching, uh, returns, all of Class. that. Sort of That's great. Like, 
yeah, without him, like I'd, I'd be totally lost. But there are a number of other guys that pitch in all the time and help me, like Pete with social media, website, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Pete has suffered a mental illness himself. Um, I actually met Pete through through B Defiant to start with. He was one of our original athletes. Um, and yeah, like can't can't thank the guy enough for all the help that he's given us you know there's been a number of athletes along the way that have given me like loads of their time to help with this small dream of mine but then the biggest thank you I think has got to go out to every single one of the advocates you guys the athletes the champions and all of the followers and everyone that's just behind and supports us because the truth is without those people I know it sounds cliche but we, we couldn't be here doing what we're doing, you know? Um, yeah, and that's so yeah. also, that's also without, as I've made a point of talking about, when I'm talking about Be Defined on social media, that's without you forcing people to, uh, you know, to sell stuff, um, which again yeah, was, okay. which again was a, a, a major reason why I was happy to come on board because I just didn't want to be someone constantly pushing out uh, sales and discount codes and all that kind of stuff uh, because I thought it would, like, because of what the brand is, I think it's really important that us athletes and the advocates stuff aren't doing that because it kind of, think it would almost take away Who you the are. authenticity of why we are with you guys and why we are wearing the clothes and promoting the company. Um, because I think it would just look a bit too much like give us your money and um, buy some clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was like when we sat down and, and we wrote the athlete contracts and we decided how the athlete um, program would work. There were a few really key points. Number one was to get rid of the term ambassador. Um, social media has destroyed the term ambassador. You, you think of ambassador, you instantly think of discount codes and pyramid selling. Like, yeah, for sure. So we, we were like, no, we don't. We don't want to be associated with that in any way, shape or form. And that's why we've got athletes, competitive athletes. We've got champions um, who are guys and girls that that are passionate about mental health. And, um, you know, they can be content creators. You can be um, into sports, whatever it is. Um, but you don't have to be competitive. Um, and then obviously we've got the advocate scheme alongside that. So. Yeah, the, the, we definitely didn't want to go with with ambassador. It was something that just I, I fell into that that trap maybe a couple of weeks on Instagram, on my own personal Instagram, and they were like, "We think you're great, become an ambassador." And I was like, "Cool, okay." So they gave me a discount code and they said, "Right, so log into this website and, and buy some kit. You know, you get it at a discounted rate, and buy some kit, and away you go. You can promote, and then any sales you make." Um, you get a percentage of as commission. And I sort of fell into the hole, uh, bought the T-shirt, bought the shaker, sort of it arrived and it was a really bad quality T-shirt with a terrible print on it. And it was like, okay, I get it. I work, I've worked out what this is. Yeah. Um, that's why like whenever our athletes sign up, you get a free piece of kit. There's no there's no buy-in from you. I don't need your money. It's, it's not like that. Um, and the point about sort of asking you guys not to sell, but we always said that, we're just in the background supporting you. Like you're doing the hard work day to day. You know, you're going to the gym, you're making that time, you're going through those workouts, you're running those long runs, you're doing your interval sessions, you know, 
all we're doing is we're giving you some clothing as a thank you for helping us get our message out there um, and make basically like helping you save money so you can spend it on recovery so you can spend it on nutrition so you can eat better so you can you know do the things that you want to do to progress personally or as an athlete a champion whatever it may be yeah um, so yeah it was always we never ever envisaged anyone sort of saying buy this hoodie it's you know x price that wasn't yeah. Like you say, it removes that authenticity and, and who you are and what you talk about. And at the end of the day, we asked you to be an athlete or a champion or an advocate, whatever, because we like what you talk about, because you talk about mental health, because you talk about real things. So, yeah, sacrificing that was always a, a no-go area for us. I think a great thing with the, the brand is the fact that, you know, you're saying, you, you know, you help us, you know, with some kit and that give spend us, we can spend money on more recovery and all food and all the rest of it. But I think that, and especially in a world where right now everybody's been, well, most people have been pinched financially with uh, COVID. Um, you know, I think that having an option to get a really good quality t-shirt to train in for, was it twelve ninety nine for the, the, the main t-shirt type thing yeah, um, yeah, it's not, it's not aye, uh, or £20 for a hoodie uh, I think everybody should be looking into that because you look at the prices of most main brands for gym clothes it's quite insane uh, you know and I'm guilty of it do you know what I mean I'll sometimes go on wit and you know spend money I don't really have on uh, Nobel stuff or whatever Always, yeah, 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 man. Because you know, all our favorite athletes are wearing that stuff, and we want to, we want to be like them, really. So, um, you know, I'm guilty for that as well. However, I think that um, uh, the fact that it is affordable, but it is still good quality, is a great thing, and I think that more people do need to tap into that. Um, because, as you say, it frees up some. You know, instead of buying a forty pound t shirt. Buy a twelve ninety nine pound t shirt. Put it. You're helping a good cause. You're spreading the word of a great. Uh, kind of local company and you save yourself almost 30 pound uh, buy some whey powder or something you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, so I think it is great that you know you're not just firing out stuff for you know um, what would the word be premium prices because uh, as I said it's, it's tough out there now and I think people will appreciate the fact that you guys are giving us good quality for you know a, a very good price as well but I, I don't you know and I don't um and that's not me just saying that to, to punt the stuff in, because as, as we've talked about, you're not asking us to do that. That's just my honest opinion. Because um, obviously, I've, even if I, if, if I stood for what you guys were doing and everything else, but the stuff was crap, it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really benefit me considering <laughs> the amount I train if I wasn't comfortable in the clothes or whatever. But um, like this hoodie I'm wearing at the moment is genuinely my favourite hoodie to know. It's, the material is like so good. It's like really thick, keeps me warm working outside at the moment, as you know, and I'm wearing it under my jacket and it's great. So I know the stuff is awesome. So well done on that because again, from the first hoodie I got to this one, like the diff- like there's a there's a big difference in my opinion there. Like and not saying the first anything wrong with the first one. But again, the growth and like what you guys are putting out and what you've what I've seen in the social media and all the advocates and everything else, you've came a long, long way. So you should be so proud of yourself. Um, I appreciate that, mate. I can't, I, I can't take all the credit, but I know, no. man. But you know, the whole everybody should be proud of themselves, and uh, it's exciting to be a part of it. Um, but I also understand what you're saying, maybe the doubt, doubting yourself, because I think that you know, I think it's everybody is guilty of that um but i think 
it keeps you on your toes as well because if you thought you were the best thing ever you wouldn't you wouldn't be striving to get better all the time so I think that having that bit of doubt there is uh, what keeps us learning and what keeps us trying to be better oh definitely I think like one of the things a business owner that you the first couple of times it happens it really knocks you and you sort of you go back to being uh, emotionally immature and you sort of you want to throw your toys out of the pram and kick back and scream is when you get some negative feedback for the first few times you know you it still stings a bit now of course but of course. one of the things that i i preach a lot is is humility you know practicing that practicing humility is so much more crucial than than thinking you know what you're doing um you know the amount of times that the reason that we've got to the hoodie that you're wearing today is because the first hoodies we put out, people said they're great in X and Y, but these things, or, you know, I think some of the feedback we had was the cuffs on them weren't elasticated. So I, over time, they got a bit baggy. Um, the, the draw cords needed finishing because they'd fray after a while because they weren't finished. Um, the hoods were too big, bits and pieces like that. So it was a case of hearing criticism against the product and not taking it personally and going okay how do i use this you know what what do we address and how do we address it to make sure that the next time that this person buys a hoodie or a product from us they go thank you so much for listening to what we had to say um you know this product is it's one of my favorites because that that's what the goal is the goal yeah. is like you said obviously to keep them affordable but for someone to put something on and just go this is a nice garment it fits well it performs well you know that sort of thing. It's like when I feel like I'm getting really good at the snatch and then uh, I do one and like Stella's like, ah, you need to do it. Nah, you need to do this and do that. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it's like trying not, <laughs> it's like trying not to take it personally or get, get emotional about it or get, or just go to that, uh, I suck, fuck this type thing and like taking it as, oh, that's okay. Uh, if I need to get better, then I need to get better and I'll just and need it, to work at that, you know? Yeah. And it definitely takes a lot of, a lot of personal growth and personal awareness for you to be able to step outside of that. Remember that in that moment, you're going to have an emotional response. That's not what you should act on. You know, you yeah. should take that step back, take a breather and go, okay, let me look at it through their eyes. You know, stop, stop being in my own shoes for a second. Let, let's get outside of this and look in rather than inside out. Um, and it's something that I, I do a lot of. We'll, we'll go into be defined meetings and, We'll put ideas forward. I'll put ideas forward as well. And then I'll challenge my own ideas when people are on board with it. So when people say, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah, let's go like this. I've then got a list of things that I want to ask that I think will dismantle it. Because if I can put something forward, people get behind it. And then I try and dismantle it. And they say, no, 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 that's fine. We can do it like this or that. It, it has to be a good idea because it's no longer just being driven by me. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we've, you know, we try and do it really often. If there's, if we're going a certain direction, I want at least two people around me that can challenge me and say, why are you doing this? Or maybe you should do that. And sometimes I'll dig my heels in and I'll be, you know, a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, but the, but the people around me, you know, they'll turn around and they'll be like, no, you, you need to listen to me. And that's when it's, it takes that. Okay. If you're fighting for this, you believe in it. And if you believe in it, I need to take a minute and I need to really look at what you're saying and, and yeah. really appreciate it because I know that as a person, I'm hardly ever right. And I'm probably reacting to this emotionally. 
Um, and I think that's a lot of businesses like that. I guess, I guess you must have had scenarios like that when leading a class, when doing PT. Oh, for sure, man. Um, I think it's more so, like, say, on social media. I think that you, it's came to, you need to realise not everybody's going to like you or like what you do um, or agree with what you do, and that's okay. Um, you know, I used to take it, um, I think you've posted about this before, actually. I used to I used to really get upset when someone would unfollow me on Instagram, uh, you know, because you're like, what have I done to upset that person? What, what did I say something wrong? Did I insult them or whatever? Um or just like get so upset at the thought that maybe they thought I was an asshole or didn't like me or whatever. But again, it's like when you're putting yourself out there, when you are putting your opinions out there, uh, you need to realize that there will be people that don't agree with what you think. Um, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, because if they don't want to follow me, then that's fine. Because there's people, there's people that I don't want to follow, so I don't follow them. And it doesn't mean I hate that person. It just means that don't agree with what their thoughts on things are or whatever. But um, I think when you're a business or when like myself, self-employed, every time I see that forward number go down, I kind of, kind of, my heart breaks a wee bit, but then I'm like, it's fine. It, you know, it's going to happen and you just can't let it change who you are, essentially. Definitely. I think one of the things for anyone starting out in business, especially on social media, you, you hear a lot, you know, it's not the number of followers, it's the number, it's, the, it's your interaction, it's your your genuine engagement with people and, and how many are interested in what you're doing. Exactly. And you hear the whole, would you rather have 10,000 followers who aren't very engaged or 1,000 followers who are really engaged? And you sit there and it's the toughest thing to get your head around. You know it makes sense. You, you hear it a million times. But for the first maybe couple of years of business, you still want the 10,000 followers, even if you don't want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah, of that's course. What you want because that's that's how, on a personal level, we, I won't say rank, but that, that's how we see our personal Instagrams performing. You know, the, the, more, the more followers I have, the more people must like me. And it's it, it's just not the case. I, I watched The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen it. And I haven't yet. It's worth a watch because the moment I turned it off, I went straight into my phone and turned all my notifications off. And it was like, I'm not having this thing, this, you know, that I opted into, that I signed up to become something that's now going to come to me and tell me when it wants attention. Yeah, um, yeah it was interesting. It's, and it's, it talks a lot, if you dig into it a bit more, about the human psychology and how, you know, we're after that um, instant gratification you know, no one wants to work hard for a long time to be rewarded later on. It's it, it's that you want to be able to flip through a newsfeed and have something instantly load and see people instantly like your stuff and have it instantly appear on your screen. So yeah, I'm as much as social media is our main platform and it, it's our our marketing space. Um, on a personal level, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird thing because like it can affect you negatively. As, as you're saying, you're, you know, you're not a fan, but in terms of us growing our business and getting our message out there, it's literally the best thing that's ever been invented because, because, you know, I can't even imagine trying to do my job before Instagram and Facebook were a thing. Like, how the hell did people get new clients apart from the folk that were just walking into their gyms? It's crazy. Um, you know, I'll sit there and, you know, you know that I... 
I can, you know, go quite deep on my posts. I can go right into like my my personal past, the addiction or whatever it may be. And sometimes I sit there and think, why the fuck am I doing this? And uh, no one gives a shit uh, because I only got 40 likes on something uh, when I've got 1,800 followers and beat myself up about it. But then I'll get a message randomly one day from a person who tells me that what I put out there has helped them massively through some hard times. But that person who messaged me that never even liked the likes the posts. So I'm like, okay, so that's fine because I know that I'm actually helping people who aren't even acknowledging that it's helping them. He just, okay, he's messaged me, but how many people aren't messaging me that are listening to my podcasts and that are reading my posts that I don't know about and uh, I think yeah. you've just kind of always got to you've just got to again just stay true to what you who you are and what you believe in and what you want to put out there and uh, no matter how much you think you're banging your head against the wall or think you know you look at somebody's profile who is just firing up six-pack selfies and has a hundred thousand followers or a million followers you know and um, you can't you know you can't think that you don't matter just because or I don't matter just because I've got a thousand followers, do you know what I mean? Exactly. And I think like to put to put a bit of an analogy on what you've just said about people um, taking something personal and great away from your posts and not being the person that likes your post. Like if every school teacher sat in front of a class and felt demotivated and, you know, thought it wasn't worth it for all the kids that didn't put their hands up and didn't engage in a classroom... Would we have any teachers? Because the truth is all of those kids from that class learned something usually on that day. Yeah, for sure. You know, but they may not be directly engaging with the teacher during the class. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think mental health, especially to mental health, sorry, on, on social media is very much like that. Um, I spoke with, with Pete many times about this at, at length. Some guys will read the posts but they won't engage with it because they're worried that or someone else will see them like it. And then they'll pick up and say, Hey, something went wrong. So yeah, there, there will be a lot of people that see what you're doing, but won't necessarily shout it from the rooftops or get involved. And that's, yeah. that's okay. Um, one of the things that we're doing at the minute, which was a, an idea that I had was we're, we're trying to reach out to people who are using social media in a good way. So positive posts, real life posts, supporting someone else um, through comments, whatever it is. Basically, I, I spend like maybe a couple of hours every other day scrolling through the, the newsfeed on Be Defiant and trying to look outside of Be Defiant's newsfeed as well and looking for people that are using social media in a way that pulls it away from being this comparative tool. Yeah. So we're so, like you say, so guilty for comparing ourselves to other people based on our followers, based on, you know, why are they next to a pool drinking a drinking a cocktail while I'm at home and I can't afford this or, you know, and it's like, it's, it's no reflection on you. That's their highlight reel. Don't compare your normal to their highlight reel. Yeah. Um, and we're basically just, just looking for those people who are posting real stuff that we can relate to and bringing social media back to a healthy place yeah. and rewarding them in any way that we can, sort of working with them and, and just yeah, saying, to them so to all those people out there yeah thank you for that because it can be a very dark place especially when you fall down that spiral of starting to compare your everyday life against someone else's highlight reel 
Yeah, for sure. And if, this is why I, I started back up my podcast, because I would be thinking of value I want to put out there. And I'm like, who's going to read the full thing? People just scroll past things, man. They just look at photos. And if the photo's not what they want to see or not good enough or whatever, they you know keep scrolling. Uh, and I'm like, so what I'll do is uh, I will start this podcast back up and I will put it out there as a podcast because I feel that you can one get your point across better you can get a lot more information in a podcast than you can a written post on Instagram and the people that want to listen will go on and listen and um, yeah I just feel like it's a better tool for getting better value out there than than Instagram is at the moment you know because the reach yeah. is the, re- the reach is fucking crap as well I don't, I don't even I don't even know how it works anymore me neither, to be honest. Apologies um, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Got a reminder, apparently. Um, yeah, I like a podcast as well because you can stick it in whilst you're walking somewhere. You, you've not got to hold your phone and be reading it. You know, you yep. can stick your headphones in, you can walk in the dogs, you can be running whatever you're doing and you can you can take that in at the same time. So yep. I think another thing is as well, and I say this a lot, uh, I prefer voice notes to written messages anyway because you 90 percent of the time you won't read a written message in the tone it was written oh yeah for sure like how many times you fell out of your pal or whatever because you think they've put it across a certain way like exactly. fuck, fuck you and they didn't even really <laughs> that, you know I mean? yeah definitely um yeah. so yeah so but you, you can't get that wrong in a voice note really yeah um, yeah, yeah you know so as, again in a podcast you get that emotion along with the the information you know you you sort of you get to know those people that are talking rather than just anyone could have written that piece of text on that on that post definitely man i want to go back to your own mental health if that's okay um because this is obviously you know massive thing with be defined is talking being comfortable to talk and encouraging people to talk so you said you had uh you know big mental health issues when you were younger um and that's led on to how you've ended up starting this whole thing. So um, how, what mental health struggles uh, do you feel that you're kind of still have, or is it just, is it a lot better at the moment or now as you're older than it was younger, or is it, are you still, do you still have your battles? Oh, so I think the first thing to, to clarify, like, and people don't understand this a lot of the time is that the terms mental health and mental illness are not interchangeable. You know, we all have mental health. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's like service in a car, right? We've always got to maintain it, make sure that we're doing what we can to keep it healthy. Whereas a mental illness is, is it's not the same thing. A mental illness is an illness that you suffer with mentally. Um, yeah. So when I was younger, I was diagnosed with severe depression. Um, and one of the very first things that happened when I went in and I was diagnosed with that was they chucked me straight onto antidepressants. Um and whilst i was so they, they sort of let you know that the first four weeks to six weeks maybe eight weeks it's going to get worse before it gets better and then after that it'll um <clears throat> it'll basically stable out and you'll you know you you'll feel better after that and i got uh maybe 16 weeks in and for me i just sat there and thought that there's got to be a better way than these than these antidepressants 
Um, and I'm not bashing them in any way, shape or form. I know they work for some people extremely well. And it's a, a whole other conversation to talk about that because not everything works for everybody the same. And antidepressants just didn't work for me. I didn't, I went down the spiral for the eight weeks and then never seemed to come back up. Um, <clears throat> I think a big part of that, the obvious kicker was that I was still drinking um, and drink at that point became a bit of a, a comfort blanket. It was a way to fall asleep at night. It was a way to um, fill my time if I started to think about it too much and had nothing in particular to do. And then it became a habit. It was pretty much every night. It was a couple of cans here and there because that's what lads do. And then it's four cans and then it's six cans and then it's a bottle of wine and then it's two bottles of wine. And then it ended up being you know, whiskey, whatever I get my hands on. And then when I ran out of the bottle of whiskey or whatever it was, it would then be onto whatever's left in the cupboard. Um, and they'd, they'd be weeknights, you know, and, and weekends would be a complete blur. Um, but yeah, so the, the depression, I think, was caused by a mixture of the fact that I was working so much. So I've always worked a lot. Uh, but for a good couple of years, I was working seven days a week. Um, I was working as a, a qualified accountant in a small accountancy practice um, Monday through to Wednesday. I then went to college on a Thursday for my apprenticeship day release. And then in the evening on the Thursday, work at McDonald's. I then go back to the accountancy firm on Friday. And then I work at McDonald's Saturday, Sunday. But I was never stopping. So the Saturday, Sunday shifts at McDonald's were sort of four in the morning till two in the afternoon. And some of the times I was walking in to start my shift straight from town, I'd have my I'd have my work kit on under my, my jeans. Um, so I'd go weekends without sleep and it was just alcohol fueled. Um, obviously wasn't eating very well if I was working at McDonald's. <laughs> so wasn't fueling myself very well at all. Wasn't doing any kind of exercise. It was work, uh, pub, town, or basically just shut myself off in my room. I think a lot of that wasn't helped by the fact that. Are you talking uh, about Are you talking about your life or my life here? <laughs> it just, well, sounds, just sounds so familiar, man. Well, it's interesting actually because I've never really spoke about it properly um, because I've never been asked. But it's interesting to know that yours was very similar. Yeah, what yeah, you're What you're saying there in terms of like work, going straight out from work and then you know not sleeping or. Uh, shutting yourself off in your bedroom just to drink on your own or work or, you know just that's, that's exactly the cycle that you know I was in at that when I was in the, my deficit as well I know I know that my parents part of part of them still sort of blames themselves for it um the truth is I don't think there was anything that they could have ever done for me because it was just what what do teenagers do or you know young adults what it, they don't sit downstairs all the time and watch telly with you. They don't, they don't do, they don't go shopping with you. It's not like that. I was, I was going upstairs and I was either going upstairs to play on the PlayStation, the Xbox, you know, or it was um, to revise for exams coming up. The problem was everything I did, I had a bottle in my hand. And I was extremely good at hiding it. I, I could, I'd be up drinking all night and I'd go and take the bottles downstairs and put them in the recycling or I'd go and put them in neighbor's bins if need be in stupid hours of the morning when I know no one would be up, that sort of thing. Um, so you start to keep secrets. And, and I think when you start to dig those holes, you know, you almost stop seeing a way out of that for a bit. 
Um, so for me, yeah, it was it was depression, it was drink, and it was it, they, they were the struggles when I was when I was younger. Um, I struggled with alcohol up until maybe well, uh, let me tell you when it was. 157 days ago. Mm, it'd be interesting. 156 ah. very close um so yeah 156 days ago i made the decision to kick the bottle entirely and just never go back to it i thought i'd got a handle on it over the last sort of year or so um and then christmas 2019 i think it would have been i drank so much that when i was climbing the stairs to bed i managed to miss the top step reached for the the banister um and basically came down the stairs on my head and i had concussion for three weeks every time i stood up too quick every time i moved my head too quick i'd just fall over um and i wouldn't i wouldn't go to a e or to the hospital or anything because it was just alcohol related and it was a uh, i felt really shameful about it and that was the first one that made me go i need to stop this before i really hurt myself and then the second time was we had um made a family member stay up with us for a few nights and on the, the last night that we were here um we got extremely drunk stayed up extremely late um because i had told myself in my head it's who i'm drinking with that, that causes me to be emotional and, and struggle and the truth is it isn't it's me and how i react to alcohol and i remember in the morning being found on the sofa by my partner and the sheer amount of anxiety that ran through me because I couldn't remember what I'd done the night before and have I made an ass of myself? Have I, like, one of the things I always go back to is have I insulted someone and upset them? Because alcohol made me lose, you know, three of my closest friends because of what the person it turned me into. Um, and I sort of, like, that anxiety stuck with me for days. I couldn't shake it. And that was when I went, this... This is more than just hurting myself. This is, this is in my head. Yeah. Um, so yeah, twelfth of September, twenty twenty, I decided to uh, to kick that, and I thought, well, if I can get through lockdown, and I can get through Christmas without it, is there anything else really that can challenge me with it? So, how do you feel now that you haven't drank in one hundred fifty six days? Great. Like, I, yeah, great. I'm one of the big things for me is that I'm not losing any evenings or any mornings. I think 156 days I can recall every single evening, every single morning, and I've not been able to do that for a long, long time. Um, I've also realized that a lot of what I was thinking I was missing out on, I'm really not. And when you start talking to people about how it makes you feel, especially the next day that beer fear it gives you everyone's like oh yeah I get that too and you know it, it's fine you know don't worry about it too much and I'll be talking to him about yeah you know it would stay with me for days and then it would be blackout drunk like I can't remember anything that I did I don't remember leaving the second pub sort of thing yeah and they go like well you don't remember anything I'm like no don't remember getting in through the front door or nothing like that and then like, oh, I'd, I'd be worried if that was me and then you sort of start to sit there and think, yeah, I should definitely be worried about this. <laughs> so anyway, 156 days in and I don't see any reason to not carry on. You know, it's like I'm becoming the person that I want to be without this, without this drink in my hand. 
Yeah, man. I mean, think just think about you know you said earlier the amount you work, you know, and the hours that you do. I mean, and the, um, what alcohol does to your sleep and your energy levels and your mental health and your things. You know, it must be you know undeniably easier for you to function and to uh, work if more efficiently without that in your system. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt, I'm mentally so much more clear. Never than... mind your, never mind your training. <laughs> yeah, well, that's on hold at the minute. Oh, is that <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, at least it's not because of booze. No, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, that just waking up in the morning is is so much easier. Um, because it was always, I'd always sit there and go, I'll just have, I'll just have a couple of cans, and I'd always end up in the local shop yeah. buying four more. I think it just comes a point, dude, where you have to be honest with yourself and understand that there's an issue there with it and, like, there's a problem um, because there is definitely... It's too easy to convince yourself that it's not a problem because you're not waking up and drinking a bottle of vodka in the morning because yeah. you have a job, because you're not a down-and-out, you know, absolute, you know, morning-to-night drinker. Um, so when people aren't doing that, it's like I'm okay, you know. So I'm just a binge drinker or whatever. But it's like, well, not really. It's affecting all areas of your life, and you know your 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 mental health more than anything. So um, if it's at that point where, as you say, like anxiety's kicking in, and um, you know, and it's affecting relationships with people and it's affecting your work. It's a problem. Like, there's, there's, there's no denying that. And uh, I think I think most people on this planet would bend their life would benefit if they didn't have that in their life. And um, it's just a shame that more people can't see that because they do think they're going to miss out on parties and stag do's and holidays and all the rest of it because um, it can be fun in the moment, man. And I'm not, you know, let's not, let's not lie... Once I'm sure you'll feel it more so once you come out of lockdown because people aren't going to the pub right now and stuff like that. It can be difficult to not join in on those first few pints. Nine years, nine years on for me, it's still hard. Um, but you just have to know in the back of your head that going on the rest of the night, going on the next morning, going the rest of the weekend, going 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 on just in general without it is like just going to improve your life so dramatically that that kind of initial way to join in that is not worth it no and that, and i think for me <clears throat> it's a case of exactly what you're saying i do miss it of and course. i love i loved the taste of lager me too i'll probably get a right bash in for that but no me I too man lager, but i there's no off switch hmm. there was no off switch and the way that I got around that, or not the way I got around, the way to, for me to deal with that is to not start. Um, but yeah, like I'm not not bashing it at all. You know, people that go out there have a drink and it doesn't affect them. Like, yeah, have at it, man. Like, you know, do for sure, one hundred percent, man. And uh, you know, people feel sometimes maybe feel uncomfortable drinking around me or saying, "Do you mind if I have a drink?" I'm like, "Fire in, like, do I do not care." Um, but when I do care. 
when it is someone that I can see it having a, a, an effect on their life and they, they can't admit it or they won't admit it. And that's when it's hard because I'm like, if only you could see how much better off your life could be and your or like a client who's constantly holding themselves back from hitting goals because they're just going out too often and missing training days and their diet's going um, off plan all the time. And But they want to be better. And I'm just like, you could be. You just need to get that shit out of your life, man. But, you know, it's, it's, it's man. But good on you. Good on you, man. Like, that's uh, it's a long time, 156 days. And, uh, you know, if you ever need any help or somebody to talk to if it gets hard then then reach out man yeah appreciate that thank you yeah, buddy yeah. yeah it's um i think one of the one of the really important things as well is that you can you can acknowledge as a problem and you can know that problem is there but you've got to want to change it haven't you like, it doesn't matter how much you try if you don't want it it's never going to stick yeah yeah i i i acknowledged i had an issue at 18 and uh, i didn't stop until but just about 25 so because I didn't actually want to stop until I was until that point um I knew I should have and I told myself I wanted to but it never happened because I didn't actually and it's the same with anything if you don't really want something really want to do something it ain't, it ain't ever gonna happen you know what was what was the the sticking point the catalyst for you to sort of completely stop what, what was it that made you go okay this is it I, I want this now it wasn't even really just one particular thing it was a whole combination uh, of me cons- constantly ruining my life um, to a point where I was just like so low to the point I just hated everything about myself and about my life and that I was just like why what is the point in me being here and that's not me saying that I was thinking that I was going to do anything silly but those thoughts were in my head of if the ground could open up and swallow me right now I would let it happen and I don't you know I just I I just didn't want it I just had no passion for anything and I hated myself um but yeah my uh I was in the bank one day. Uh, I worked in the bank when I stopped drinking and uh, it was after another bender and uh, I was in the bank, severely hungover, sitting there telling myself that, you know, I just can't live like this anymore. I smelled like booze again. A customer told me they smelled alcohol off me. Um, I was just embarrassed. My dad had fell out with me again because I'd let him down again. And uh, I just never felt so low in my whole life, man. Uh, and the year previous to that, I had uh, got so drunk that I maxed out a credit card in one weekend. And I thought that was, the, I stopped for five weeks at that point because I told myself then, I'm like, this cannot keep happening. I'd been, I'd been in uh, police cells and stuff like that as well. Not doing anything serious, just through getting found passed out at 6am on the road and stuff like that or um, so at, at, at that time back then they would just take you into a police cell throw you in overnight type thing and um, financially fucked um, Haiti you know so many things yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, the biggest thing was probably like um, was that I said I'd let my dad down again at that point and uh, he worked in the bank with me and uh, it was just at that point, and I told myself, 
I'm never going to feel like this again because I can't take it anymore. Um, and I haven't drank ever again since that moment. Um, I've told this story a million times. I lost my dad two months after that. So the biggest thing for me getting sober and staying off the alcohol was seeing that he was he was proud, so proud of me for doing that. Because um, we'd had a, a best friend not talk for months because of my stupid actions for years uh, through through my alcohol abuse. Um, so when it was those two months of me being sober and him constantly asking me, have you had a drink yet? And I'm like, no, uh, he's, he's like, proud of you, well done, keep it going. Um, and uh, he, he he suddenly passed away, just, he died on the golf course and uh, I went to drink that day and um, I didn't. And I told myself, this is it. This is, the, this is the moment where your life really fucking changes because it's sink or swim time and you're going to make him proud and you're not going to be, you're not going to let him look down on you and be disappointed. And that was that. That's when uh, saying I was never going to drink again then made me join the gym. It then made me lose the weight. It then made me start doing triathlons. It then made me become a personal trainer. And it's the only reason that I live this life today is because I don't do that anymore. Wow. Like, well done to you, mate. Like, amazing to hear the story because I've never, I've, we've never spoke about that really, yeah. have we? Um, yeah. I know that you, you're you sober, obviously, but, and I know that you'd lost your dad, but I didn't realise it was... Yeah, those two, thing, those two things are very closely linked uh, because uh, our relationship and the way our relationship was because of my drinking and then because of the way he died. But just so lucky that I had stopped when he had died because if I if I was still drinking at that point I would have dragged myself to to oblivion probably through that so very very lucky that I had decided to stop when that happened but yeah everything I do is to make him proud man and uh, I hopefully have and um, nine years on this May will be nine years sober for me this July will be nine years without my dad and uh, I'll never drink again that's amazing mate nine years that's that's like it's a third of my life nearly <laughs> fuck man i can't believe it's been so long but um but yeah uh it's, it's it's a life changer for some people it definitely was for me um so you linked in your mental health getting better with crossfit so let's uh, let's chat a bit about that dude um how did you end up in a crossfit box um so started off working out at home uh, the local gym that we have isn't great um there's not there's not a lot of equipment there the, the equipment that is there is very very old um so i started off working out at home thought i could just fit in around the work i was doing at the minute um and that was going okay and i'd gone to youtube and just look for like workout mixes and i just stick them on in the background let them run while i was while i was working out and just like use the music as motivation um and one of them came up that was a, a crossfit mix and I remember I was doing, I think I was doing um, Upright Rose with a very cheap Argos barbell uh, <laughs> and about 20 kilo of weight on it. Um, and, I, and I looked over and there were these women that I'd like, I'd never seen women like this before. They were phenomenally fit. Can I just point out that you, you know, so you were doing home workout. You're the OG of home workouts, man. You were doing home workouts before the whole world was that, that in the last 12 months. Good on you, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's where I started, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, 
and I, like, these women were throwing weights around and doing doing gymnastics movements, walking on their hands, running like six minute miles. Like I was like, who are these people? What what are they doing? Um, and you know, you, you dig into it a bit deeper, and it's Catherine David's daughter, it's Sarah Sigmund's daughter, it's you know Tia Claire Toomey, and then you look at the bloke side, and it's like these guys are phenomenal, all of them. You know what what are they doing to be this good at, at whatever they're doing? So you dig into it, and it's CrossFit, and there was a box uh, at the time we were in Ripley. It was CrossFit Amber Valley, um, and it was six seven minute drive from me and I was like okay let's go and see what it's all about because I'm not anticipating ever moving like that but if it gets me even a fraction of the way to how fit those guys are it's got to be good um so I signed up went for a taster absolutely loved it um and then just sort of filled my time with it you know I'd never been to the gym before I was 23 I'd never bothered with it before and I sort of, I just fell into in love with it. I fell in love with the fact that being there most evenings, weekends was just, it was great. You know, yeah. I, I got a group of people who were interested in something that I was interested in because obviously CrossFit is very community-based. Um, the people that were working out in the class with me were, were all different capabilities. You know, we it wasn't like, everyone else was incredibly fit and could do everything and I was left on my own everyone was at a varying degree and everything could be scaled there wasn't a movement that I couldn't do or do a variation of um when I when I joined CrossFit Amber Valley um actually my my first or I my squat basically was a good morning I couldn't get my hips anywhere near parallel not not even close um and I remember sort of thinking, oh, I've squatted 70 kilos today. Proud of that. And I recorded it on my phone and I came home and looked back at it and I was like, this camera angle is terrible because my arse is nowhere near my knees. What's going on? Like, I'm so far forward. The barbell was like nearly <laughs> foot in front of my, knee, of my shins. And I'm like, what's, what's going on here? And I looked back at it and then I started to Google like mechanics for squatting and stuff. And I was like, damn. I've got so much work to do. And a lot of this is sitting at a desk all day. Um, some of it is because of the condition that I've got, which is Charcot-Marie-Tooth syndrome. And basically when I was 12, 13, I was putting sh in splints, my legs were, to basically pull my ankle into a 90 degree flexion because there's muscle wastage in my calves yeah, through okay. what I've got. Um, and that will continue for the rest of my life. Like I will, I will suffer from the waist down with basically muscle degeneration and neurological degeneration. Um, and as the muscles waste, the tendons get tight. So building that muscle back up and keeping myself mobile is the only way that I'm going to stop that basically making me disabled at some point in my life. Okay. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm super, I, I've got this like, really mildly so i'm very lucky with this okay but if we're talking about building muscle and staying mobile like it's just crossfit it, it's it's all over crossfit um yeah. so yeah so i spent two years learning to squat basically and after two years i can now squat to parallel i can now snatch i can overhead squat and it's been it's been a tough ride but it just proves that if you want it bad enough you can get it um and it just proves like 
the methodology of CrossFit works as well, you know, because I'm like for a, the longest time I struggled putting socks on because I hadn't got the mobility to bend down to put a sock on. So I have to sit on the edge of something to do that. And now, you know, now it's like an everyday thing. I don't even think twice about it. But when I first started CrossFit, I was so immobile. It was horrendous. Fuck. Man, I had no idea you had that uh, that condition. Is that something that weighs on you or is it something that you're quite chilled about? Um, I'm I'm quite chilled about it because for me, like it's not, like I say, extremely mild. So, um, so can you prevent it getting worse through exercise? Well, they don't know at the minute. So yeah. if, you, if you look it up on like the NHS website, they say that exercise helps, but they're not sure to what degree. They're not sure what specific exercises. They've never actually tried to um, actively rehab, prehab it with, with exercise in any way, shape or form or yeah. in the research there. Um, but yeah, that was like for me, it's just who I am. I've never known any different. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me as such. You know, it's, it's just let's just crack on and, and keep going, you know, and I should I'm not a fan of having anything that I think, Oh, I can't do that because of X. Right? Yeah. If anything, I, I'm going to do that even more because why should that stop me ever? Why should I ever let anything stop me? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So your training's on hold at the moment because just because gyms are shut and stuff. Um, it's not an excuse though, is it? Let's be honest. Like, I've got well, a, I get kind of a pull up rig in the garden. I've got a barbell, I've got dumbbells. Okay, it's um, not an excuse then. <laughs> <laughs> no, so training's on hold at the minute because um, I've thrown myself into work in a big way. Um, and there's a lot of exciting stuff that we're sort of on the cusp of at the minute in Be Defiant. This is, and um, I'm just waiting to get it over the line. Once it's over the line, I'm going to come back into training, but. One of the things that I didn't do, and I've got to take my hat off to all these guys out there that are doing these home workouts, you know. Oh, yeah. To do the, a million burpees every day on your living room floor, like covered in dog hair, cat hair, like not there's, for me. There's people doing thrusters with their cats. There's people doing thrusters with their kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah it's, it's amazing though, man. Like I, I we're now obviously um, in a lockdown three, I think. Um so we had, you guys will be the same. I know the timelines are slightly different, but just me personally as a coach, we had the gym shut for five and a half months. And most of my clients, they, they, they stuck into the Zoom classes and the, and the, the daily home was for that full time. And they, we stuck together as a group and a community. And we then got let back into the gym and it was like the best thing ever. And everybody had this newfound passion and love for being in the gym with each other and, I've never seen such a good vibe in my whole life of being a coach and being around the, the guys. And it was just amazing. And then we got hit with another lockdown, but it was only three weeks. So we we're like, that's okay. We can ride this out. We've done five and a half months. We then go back in for two weeks and then we're told we have to shut again. We no real time frame of when we can go back in and here we still are. But the guys are still fighting away, man. They're still coming on Zoom a few times a week they're still hitting daily workouts doing their mobility um and it just it's so amazing for me to see that because it would be so easy just to for them to just to be like nah i can't be asked with this again type thing uh and i would totally understand but to see them still have the motivation to come on and do 
inchworms and thrusters and push-ups and squats and burpees uh, and just just in a different variation each time is 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 class so it's it's a shit situation but um it's one that you know a lot of people can can look back on and be so proud of how they handled it you know yeah definitely like all this all the work that everyone's putting in now is going to set them up when the gyms are open again you know um it's going to make it all that more sweeter yeah when they get back to that when they get back to the gym floor and they're able to do classes again but a lot of it comes back to like the guys that are leading them so yourself stella like you're you're the guys that are keeping these guys motivated you're giving them drive you're turning up when you don't want to turn up on a zoom class you know yeah for sure you're like you've had to adapt in ways that have never seen before yeah, what, 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 what we hope to never see again. <laughs> I know, man. I never thought my life would come to coaching in a car park in the rain and snow and minus three temperatures, but here we are. <laughs> this is what this is what Anything, we have to man. do. This is what we have Anything to do. To make it possible. Yeah, man. So, are you excited to get back into the gym, or have you are you kind of you're not too sure what's going to happen there? Oh, I can't wait to get back in the gym. I can't wait, and part of me is is holding off because. When I get back into the gym, I'll be I'll be back into it in a in a big way as well. Yeah, um, I, I really liked your vid, your videos you were posting when you were like doing all your right into your training when the gyms were open and you were like almost documenting it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have I get online personalized programming from, from Chloe Ralph. Yeah. Um, and she's amazing. As a as a coach, she will analyze all my videos. Um, everything is is done. All my my programming is done personally. Um, she knows all my my weaknesses. Um, she makes sure that I work on them <laughs> as well. So there's always a ton of mobility programmed in, into my programs. And we we know that in the morning I've got roughly probably two, two and a half hours work to do in the morning um, workout wise. So I usually get to the gym somewhere between five and half five um, and be back home for eight, half eight, something like that. Um, but like, an hour of that will be mobility because of how much I struggle with it. I, yeah. I spend a lot of time on it. If we ever do a competition at Rainhill or wherever, and there's overhead squat, like I'm going to be there the day warming up the day before warming up my shoulders. It takes <laughs> that long. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been like training was going really well. I was hitting, I was PRing almost um, every month at one point and it was just through moving better. You know, having those better mechanics, understanding myself, how Olympic lifts are being broken down, where I should be pulling, yeah. where I'm pulling too early, where to be patient, where I need to speed up, where I need to slow down. Um, and, and Chloe delivered all of that as a coach to a, to a level that just made it so easy to, to digest and, and work with an athlete. Because previously, um, you'd be firing, I'd have people firing loads of cues at me, you know, chest up hips back, knees forward, relax your arms. Like, just, just give me one thing to focus on that I need to most focus on in that point. And let me just focus on that one thing until it's happened, yeah. into routine. And then let's move on to the next thing. And yeah, she just does that so well. So there's a bit of an apology that needs to go out there at the minute because I know she's still firing workouts over to me and I'm just sat here in my office chair, not doing anything. <laughs> oh, you, you, better, you better hope she doesn't listen to this then, fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, well, we'll certainly know if she does because it'll be open workouts and games workouts and it'll be you know yeah 100 burpees over the rower and 
is it a four is it a one k row for, for time afterwards? Those sort um, of benchmark workouts that you uh, tell me, I'm sure. I remember uh, I had been training obviously for years. I was a PT. I'd done a half Ironman before I started CrossFit, so I came into it pretty naive, thinking it'll be hard because I'm seeing all the the stuff these guys do and I need to learn things. But I'll be fine. And uh, well, like I was not as fit as I thought I was. Uh, my mobility was shit. You know, I could squat to parallel, but I couldn't uh, get lower comfortably. So my, my Olympic lifting then wasn't great, and the overhead squatting. Had never done it before um and yeah the mobility is a game changer for crossfit because if you can get mobile and you can sit in those positions better and overhead stuff and uh, that's when the magic happens but people if they're not willing to put any work in in that front like fucking they're uh, definitely not going to get to where they want to be because uh, it's boring and it's sore but it's just majorly important there yeah, it's the it's the non-sexy stuff that makes the sexy stuff happen, right? Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Um, okay, the group chat's really kicking off here, man. I'm just going to double check if any of it is related to what I put in earlier, because uh, there was a couple of questions that they they put in, but it was already going to be covered anyway uh, from what, what we were talking about. So I'll see if anybody's uh, see if anybody's saying anything. Da, 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 da. Just the Ben and Jerry's chat, I think, again, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I obviously, I can't remember how long it took me to eat that tub of Ben and Jerry's. I think it was seven minutes, something like that. Yeah, I put it out to you guys and naturally you all come back and smash it. And I think it's now under, is it five minutes, something like that for a tub of Ben and Jerry's? Yeah, man. I've still not timed my effort yet. I'll need to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, you, you give it all the talk. The question is, can you walk the walk? So exactly, I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, um, the conversation came up actually with with my coach from uh, CrossFit Derby, and he said that one night after a competition, he just sat down and just had to Ben and Jerry's, like not thinking about it too much. And the guy that was with him said, "You've just eaten that tub in under ten minutes." You know, Every single person I eat with is disgusted at how fast that I finish my food compared to them. And it's quite embarrassing, especially when it's like when I've had past girlfriends and stuff and we're like out for, out for, out for a meal. I honestly have finished my meal and they're maybe a quarter into theirs. I just need to sit and watch them eat. <laughs> I'm an animal, man. Honestly, I'm an animal when it comes to eating. Uh, right. A couple of things then um, just to finish up on. I, what what does uh, the future hold for Be Defined? What doesn't it hold? I guess is the question. Um, so we're we're gonna keep we're gonna keep pushing the message as we always have um, that it's okay to talk about how you feel, that it's okay to not be okay. Um, you know, the inbox will be there for anybody that ever needs to reach out. Uh, the goal we've got some things in the pipeline that I can't talk about just yet. It's fair, um, but they're they're much bigger than just clothing. Um, I think one of the things that we'd like to do is we'd like to do more educational stuff. So we've currently got um, a mental health awareness course that we sell, uh, which is like a, it's an introduction to mental health and mental illness and just giving some basic facts, statistics, um, telling you things that you wouldn't necessarily un- like relate to yourself. So how external factors can affect your mental health, how that can affect your relationships, bits and pieces like that. 
but yeah, I think it's just, to be honest, if you're an online business, the world is your oyster. You know, we're not, we're not tied to any premises. We're not doing anything like that. But I think the biggest thing that we've, we've got to continue to do because it's who we are and, and what we love doing is just continue to, to stand against the stigma that surrounds mental health and to keep spreading the message that, you know, we should all be talking about how we feel. Awesome, man. That sounds, sounds amazing. And again, uh, honestly, well, like major props to you for, for the whole thing. Um, as, as we spoke about, it can't be easy and it must be time consuming, but what, what advice would you give to someone who was looking at starting like their own business when they've already got a full-time job? Um, tough one. There's lots of advice I'd give them. Uh, but I think the, the most important one is network, 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 network. So talk to everyone around you, talk to everyone you can, like ask what, you know, if you've got an idea, ask people what they think of it. Um, <laughs> that was so funny. Her face just popped up the corner there, sorry. <laughs> um, but I think as well, you've you've got to remember that if if you've got a full-time job and you're wanting to start up at your own business, you've got to be willing to put that time and that effort in. It's, it's You don't just set up a website and sit back and, and watch it grow. It doesn't happen like that. There's yep. If you're doing it, there's going to be a million other people doing it. Um, and you've, you've got to, you know, put that work in, be prepared to make sacrifices and to be able, you've, you've got to be ready to fight for what you've done. Like if there's something that threatens what you're doing, you've got to be willing to stand in front of that and be the shit shield and, and take a few hits because if you're not fighting for it, then why are you doing it? Yeah, for sure, man. It's uh, as you say, it's a, uh, even when it's a passion and when it's something you care deeply about, it doesn't make it easy. And uh, it's like someone trying to lose weight. It's like someone trying to get better at CrossFit. It's like someone trying to grow uh, or be in a relationship. You know, it's something. It's like you just it takes a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. And I think too many people want things without any sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it can't be done, man. Um, so I remember when I was um, working in the bank full time to get my PT badges that I went to college. So it was like Monday to Friday bank, Saturday, Sunday college. Um, and so many times I just thought, why the fuck am I doing this? I have no time to do anything else and I'm tired and I probably won't even make it as a PT anyway. But deep down, I really, really wanted to do it. And I was just willing to do anything that I could to make it happen. And um, here we are eight years later. Um, and I'm I'm doing something that I love every day, and it's paid off. And as Matt Fraser would say, hard work does pay off. And uh, indeed, just, just got to, got to put the work in and follow your dreams. Yes, definitely. So, mate, definitely. And it's interesting what you say about making sacrifices because, yeah, you you've got to be ready to sacrifice a bit. You know, if that's it's a little bit like when people say like you've asked me about my training it's a little bit why i'm not i'm not too worried about it you know i, I want to put extra hours in in be defiant and to do that my training's got to suffer for a little bit but it's it's being safe in the knowledge that one day it'll level back out you know and it'll, it'll go back to what it was and it'll be fine yeah that's it that's it and it's um you know, if it was if you were trying to make it to the CrossFit Games, then you would have to prioritise your training over be defiant, and you know that would 
that would take the hit. And I guess it's just about what you need to realise and if something has to take a back seat, it kind of has to take a back seat and that's okay. Because it'd be, it'd be, it, it would be easy for you to be sitting there, you know, beating yourself up about the fact you're not training. But if you have other things are slightly more important, then so be it, man. Yeah, and that's it. I think it's it's realising what's important to you, isn't it? You know, I'm not sure about making it to the CrossFit Games, but I'd need to make some serious sacrifices just to get to RX. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've sacrificed my whole fucking life and uh, I got into Rocket, Rainhill and uh, still down the bottom and that's when me sacrificing everything. So <laughs> hopefully I'll get into the top half one day. Um, but yeah, CrossFit game is probably a little bit too extreme for me, but you never know as a Masters in 10 years' time. Yeah, it was good, man. That was great. Um, it's just such a shame that uh, the the ones recently haven't been able to go ahead and we can't all get together and meet in person. And um, But it will happen again. It will happen. It will indeed. It will. And, uh, we will definitely get help a session in real life at some point, whether it be where you are, where I am, Manchester in the middle, it doesn't matter, but it would be good to be, to be able to physically train with each other at some point um, after knowing each other for like a year now. Um, yeah, it's blowing, hasn't it? Yeah, man, that'd be good. So, anything you want to talk about before we wrap up, man? No, I think, I think to be honest, you know, you probably, it's probably everything. Um, I think I just want to say thank you to you for having me on. Um, no problem, man. I'm not sure what it's going to do for you listening. For you, oh, honestly, <laughs> I think it's been, I think it's been great. I think it's been an awesome chat with a lot of uh, positive uh, advice and um, just you know, just talking, you come out with things that will help people and you don't even know it, you don't even realise it, but the things that you say will relate to people and they'll, they'll get a lot from it. So, but yeah, no, mate, I think, again, it's just a thank you to you, a thank you to all the guys that support us. Um, and if anyone, you know, wants to contact us about anything, ask us what we're doing, whatever. Um, the inbox is always open. They can always email us at, at contact at bedefiantclothing.co.uk or like contact me or whatever so and the instagram page is at, at be defined clothing any other platforms you want to punt um I'd... instagram is our one yeah instagram is our one at the minute um the reason yeah. is and the reason we don't push too too hard on anything else at the minute is because we want one central place where we are on facebook but yeah we try and keep it on Instagram as much as we can because then when people message us because they want to talk to us, it's one place, messages don't get missed. You know, we can stay on top of that sort of thing. Okay. 